This is Effective Teaching with Dan Jackson from TeachersPD.net, giving you effective teaching and learning strategies for your classroom. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another episode of the Effective Teaching Podcast. Today, we are continuing our series looking at the dynamic learning framework that comes from Casey Bell's book, Shake Up Learning, Practical Ideas to Move Learning from Static to Dynamic. Of course, I have Casey with me to dive into this. My pleasure. Thanks for having me back. Anytime. I would love to have you back every episode. I'd say the third strategy that you talk about in your book is going beyond the walls of the classroom. Could you share the basics of this strategy uh, that you examine throughout the book and how teachers might implement this? Sure. So when I say beyond the walls, I'm actually referring back to both sides of the wall. So think of it this way. We're both bringing the outside world into our students as well as giving our students a global audience for the things that they create. So I am a firm, firm, firm believer. I will get on my soapbox about this issue that every student in every grade should have opportunities to connect and learn globally as well as publish their work online for a global audience. So if we're talking about connecting globally and publishing things online, I know in New South Wales where I am based in Australia, I'm going to get questions from teachers around ethics and, you know, sharing things publicly that belong to students and maybe people making bad comments or something on what they post uh, or what they publish. What kind of answers do you have for me that I can then give to these people who are going to object sure. using those? No, yeah, no, I deal with this one every day. So first of all, there are baby steps in this process. It doesn't necessarily mean that the first thing you're going to do is post something online for a full public audience. In fact, it's actually better if you try to find more authentic audiences, which is the true power of being able to do this. But at the same time, I learned a very important lesson in my own classroom. And this was many moons ago. (laughs) In my eighth grade pre-AP language arts class, I was the techie teacher. I was the teacher who was always just trying to try new technology in my classroom. I did not always use it with meaning. Sometimes I'm just like, ooh, I'm going to try this tool tomorrow and we're just going to do it with whatever I'm teaching. And um, so full confession here that was not always, you know, thought out. And I decided that I was going to have these kiddos publish the writing on this new website that allowed for comments. And so something interesting happened. Now, keep in mind, this was... Create So these were already my teacher pleasers. These are the kids who already do good work. These were the kids that, you know, want to make an A every day. And as soon as they got their first comment, all the hands in the class started going up. Miss Bell, Miss Bell, Miss Bell, can I revise mine? I didn't know anyone was going to read it besides you. <laughs> yeah. Mic drop, like, oh, yeah. I took an arrow to the chest and that went to like, oh. Like, I'm not the perfect audience for my kids. No, we are not the perfect audience for our kids. They are used to us. They they get the same audience day after day. And if we can get better quality work out of our students by giving them a more authentic audience, why shouldn't we? And the fact that safety is definitely of the highest priority, it's not 
something that is really an issue when you consider the fact that we don't have to publish names, we don't have to publish faces in order to give students those connections. And now I'm not talking about just randomly throwing something up on, you know, a website or on YouTube. We want to be meaningful about this. And like I said, there are baby steps. So it might just be, hey, we're going to share with the classroom across the hall today. <laughs> Next week, we're going to share with a class that's in the same city. You know, we're just going to build up and we're going to find those opportunities. And yes, I do still believe that comments were a big changing point in what I did with my students because that's how they knew other people were reading it. And comments can actually be really constructive. But at the same time, you want to make sure that you are finding the correct environment for your students, or maybe you're connecting with an expert on whatever it is that your kids are um, studying and creating. It's, it's not terribly difficult to do this anymore, and we have this at our fingertips, you know, so I just think about the power of this and, you know, the cost that it's actually going to be the cost of not giving our students these opportunities to learn from other students, to learn from other experts, to get an authentic audience for the work. You know, as a writing teacher, that was something we faked all the time. You're going to pretend you're writing a paper for this audience. And my kids would come up to me almost every time there would be like three kids, Miss Bell, I don't understand aren't you the one reading my paper? <laughs> they couldn't wrap their head around an authentic audience because I couldn't give them one. But what if you can? What if you can, you know, reach out to someone or a group? You know what? If you want to write to a group of NASA scientists, you can do it. You know, those are the things that we have at our fingertips. And I feel like it's such a big opportunity that we shouldn't just neglect it, that we should be finding ways to do this safely. So um, again, I'm not, I'm not at all. Yes. We want to make sure that we're protecting our kids, but at the same time, you know what? I have seen some fantastic projects online from kindergarten on up. And you know what? I don't necessarily know their names. I don't always see their faces. In fact, I think it's fun to make up pen names when we're publishing, but this is such a wonderful opportunity and it's the way the world works, you know, so how are we going to prepare them for that? Yeah, look, I, I can't agree more. I actually, in my workshop that I ran just the other day, I had, I re actually encouraged a lot of the teachers. I had 50 teachers in this room and I was encouraging them to actually make connections with each other and they were all going to have access to this forum. And I wanted them to be able to connect their students with each other as well, because they're from all over the state. Some of them were rural, some of them were in the city, uh, and some of the things they need to examine in the topics that I was talking about actually requires that students to understand what's happening in rural and remote areas or from people with different cultural backgrounds. And I saw your idea of going beyond the walls actually as one of the key things there for them to really help to develop meaning to that understanding too, because it's not just getting that perspective, it's finding a real person that can present that perspective to you. It really yes. helps you to not just get understanding, but it develops that empathy and that meaning uh, for people. And I loved, I love the idea of you, know, you. You were talking about um, those pen names that you have kids come up with. I reckon it'd be a really cool idea even to have students because it happens to me semi frequently where I have someone who requests to be able to do you know some freelance writing for me. And yeah, you know, can I can I write a blog article to go up on your website? And I'm like, well, maybe I could actually get my students to try and do that. Maybe they could 
write an article or try and write a page that would go up on a website that they actually look at and that they use all the time and where they Absolutely. might know the author and stuff and know that actually when you when you send that contact through, people are going to read it and they say, oh, if, if, if you submit an excellent article, they may well actually post your article up on their site. I mean, I haven't yet. I don't know if you do, but... Um, yeah, I, I tend Absolutely. to keep, try yeah. and keep my stuff to myself. But I, I actually, if I get a student, and you know what, I say that, but I'm actually wrong. I have. <laughs> so I ran, a competi- I ran competitions before where I had students write exam answers to questions and the, and the good ones that got submitted through to me, I actually did. I posted them up on my site. And it was actually it was the year that I read your book. It was, it was last year as I was reading your book that I posted <laughs> that I'm like, all right, I want kids to, to submit stuff to me. And so they did. And yeah. so I think I actually have, I think I have about, eight pages or 10 pages on my site that are sample answers to exam type questions but they're written by real students who were practicing and who I went you've done a good job and I I like it I I basically just went through and critiqued it and gave some feedback and stuff and posted it up on on my page and you know I hope those kids saw it and really enjoyed it Mm -hmm. because I think I'm was after trying to get them to improve the level of their writing which most of the submissions were actually really good which was great. Well, and, and that's the thing too. So when you think about kids, I know, especially the older kids who are posting whatever junk they're posting on social media, mm. what is out there that a, you know, a university who Googles them before they graduate or a job, you know, an employer who Googles them, what are they going to find? Are they just going to find the junk? Are they going to find that this kid actually did something during their school years? And that's what I want. I want a positive digital footprint and I want kids to see how they can even use some of those tools for good and not for junk. (laughs) But yeah, you know, I think, I think what you're doing is, is fantastic. And that you know, not just giving them that outside audience, but also all those connections that we can bring in, like you were talking about with your workshop, you know, making connections through Skype or Google Hangouts, bringing in experts and authors and all kinds of opportunities for kids. Um, have you ever done a mystery Skype? I have not yet, no. You know what I'm talking I've, about, yeah, right? Yeah, I've seen them. I've seen them. Yeah. Random, random people that you just, oh, okay, we're going to have a meet. Yeah, I see people often post them up to, to use Hangouts in Google, yeah. Google Plus yeah. communities. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, whatever tool, I mean, these are tools that, work on almost every device that we have at our disposal these days. So it's, it's so much easier than what it used to be. I don't know if you were around back in the days when we had like a video conferencing room, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was really <laughs> heavy, gigantic equipment that was really expensive and nobody ever used it. And now you can pick up your phone and do the same thing. So, you know, being able to do that and bring, being able to make those connections with kids is we do live in a world that, operates it. That's how you and I are talking two different countries and recording from two crazy different time zones. And this is the 21st century. Yeah, very much so. So yeah, go beyond the walls, definitely helping our students to become lifelong learners. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about just how you see this creating the lifelong learner? Sure. So, you know, I feel like th- this again is helping to prepare them for the future, preparing them to understand this, this diverse world that we live in, this more globalized economy that we have and being able to make those connections and to learn that learning again is not just happening from 
my teacher. It's not something that just happens within the four walls of my classroom. It happens in ways when I collaborate with someone who may be outside of my classroom. It happens when I share something online and I ask for from feedback from an expert or from a peer. You know, being able to do that is only going to help students improve the quality of what they do and to help them to learn how to be better learners. Yeah, yeah. I actually recently read Cal Newport's book, um, Be So Good They Can't Ignore You. And part of what yes. he talks about in that is, you know, that whole idea of getting, you know, he's got all these examples of people who became, you know, so good in their field. But what they did the whole time was they just, they created stuff, got feedback, created something else, got feedback, and just constantly were improving themselves and working really hard on that, you know, that top edge of what they were doing. Uh, but they had to de- develop those skills and they had to learn learn that somewhere. The collaboration is you know that's one of our four C's. It's it's really one of the foundation skills that students need for their future. Uh, so if our listener wanted to do one thing this week, what where would you tell them to to start with that one thing? So I would tell them first of all to pick which side of the wall you want to try first. <laughs> Whether you want to bring the outside world in, and if that's what you want to do, I would take a look at a couple of things. Um, Skype for Education has an entire website dedicated to helping educators learn how to use Skype. And it's one place where you can go to get lesson plan ideas for different um, subject areas and grade levels and a different way to connect with other educators. So if you wanted to do something like what I mentioned earlier, the mystery Skype, which is generally for elementary, but it's actually a pretty cool idea. They have to ask each other questions to figure out where they're located. And um, there's tons of other ways to do do meaningful work with, with Skype and Google Hangouts. We had Google Connected Classrooms. That has shifted from Google Plus into Google Groups, so now it's harder to find. So, But I do love that one as well. Google Connected Classrooms is also connected to lots of organizations like the San Diego Zoo and NASA and some other places so that you can bring in some organizations. But you can also just pop in and say, hey, I've got a third grade classroom that wants to connect. You know, you're probably going to have a lot of trouble doing Australia to the U.S. <laughs> our time zone differences, but you, you could probably collaborate across Australia and and find another classroom in whatever grade it is that you teach. I know I'm probably already speaking the wrong lingo, lingo <laughs> but um, no, I, I have I have at least been to Australia, so I know I know a little bit more. But um, <laughs> that because you just say like grade three, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. Okay, okay. And yeah, yeah, you, you, you all see that all the time. <laughs> My sister and I came back and we were like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, I, I think I didn't that. realize we said a lot, but that's good. That's, that's, did that's, you know that? That no, was the thing not, that we picked up from it. everybody. <laughs> yeah, it, well, and I do say yeah, but it was like a, a yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I I think when we when you come to those yeah, connecting classrooms and stuff, uh, yeah, I I see things like Skype and Hangouts. Yeah, if you teach languages, for example, and you don't have your students regularly talking to students from another country to develop those language skills, I mean, that would not be that hard to find. You know, find find your language groups, make some connections over social media, and find some a teacher in another country and to say, you know, I want my kids to develop their Japanese. Find a teacher in Japan who's looking to develop their students' English and you've got yourself a really good setup to help students to develop those idioms and and all that kind of stuff as well. So that's that's fantastic. Thank you again, 
Casey, for coming on and for sharing all of your wisdom. I look forward to our next episode. You've been listening to Effective Teaching with Dan Jackson. Please visit teacherspd.net for more effective teaching strategies and online professional development.